Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. A healthy bid has come back into credit markets after a much-needed holiday pause to level set. Yields on public investment-grade bonds have come down from just above 6% to just below 5% over the past seven weeks, which is pushing investors to consider, once again, alternatives in the structured and private credit worlds. It pays to broaden your horizon. This week, our three things are, one, a softer landing. Just how possible is it? Two, corporate margins. Contracting, yes, but how meaningful to credit? And three, services demand. The latest data says it's falling. That's good for inflation, but maybe not so good for spreads. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. A softer landing? Lately, it seems there is growing sentiment that we might not be in for a hard economic landing, hard as in recession, which is the majority view, at least as expressed in the current Bloomberg consensus, now at 65%, or the Wall Street Journal's survey of economists, now at 63%. The more optimistic view got some traction last October when Goldman Sachs published their non-consensus view, lowering their recession forecast to 35%, based on improvements in the jobs market and skepticism that the magnitude of rate hikes is enough to cause recession. Since then, some parts of the jobs story have remained solid, such as growth in non-farm payrolls and the trend in initial jobless claims. And inflation data is coming down largely as expected, bringing a possible end to the Fed's hiking cycle within sight. Economist Paul Krugman says predictions of a soft landing are proliferating. His view calls for a softish landing, meaning we might not be able to avoid a recession, but if we had one, it will probably be mild. And J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, he of an economic hurricane warning, softened his tone this week. Much of this, I think, is in response to the low unemployment rate and dreams of an immaculate disinflation, where inflation comes down, jobs remain plentiful, and wage pressure softens. Here's where we sit on all of this. For every good piece of data, it seems, there's a more worrisome piece. Take last Friday's jobs report. Good news for sure, although we continue to cite low labor participation as worrisome. The jobs release came out the same day as ISM services, which fell off a cliff. Something for the bulls and something for the bears. But that might be good news overall. The data is not all gloom and doom. While we would guard against a more Pollyanna-ish view that incorporates a Fed pivot in 2023, we are wary of the still significant cost to economic growth that figures to come via the very blunt instrument of tightening monetary policy that the FOMC is now wielding. And remember, the incentive for the Fed is to over-tighten, to make certain the inflation beast is tamed before any thought of pivot. Now, the impact of all of this has yet to flow through the economy. Yes, it's hit the interest-sensitive sectors like housing and autos, but it is only just beginning to hit business and consumer spending. As that happens, that will likely dampen corporate earnings growth. And that is where the focus of the market is now headed. And there, we expect to see positive operating leverage turn negative as consumer and commercial spending softens. And that will not be good for risk-asset valuations, sitting at points that are much better 
than what we see in recessions. Now, speaking of corporate earnings growth, let's move on to our second thing, corporate margins. From a credit perspective, what the Fed is doing is becoming less important than the impact of what the Fed has done. That simply reflects where we are in the hiking cycle. There is still plenty of debate around the extent to which the Fed will hike, with a few FOMC members, Kashkari, Harker, Bostic, out talking about going above a 5% terminal rate, while other market participants, expressing concern about the damage already done, believe rates are close to topping out. Count Jeffrey Gunlock of Double Line in this camp, out this week with a view that the Fed will not even get to 5%. Regardless, how credit performs in 2023 will surely be a function of what we just talked about, whether we are in for a hard or soft landing. And the most important marker to us in that debate is what we just talked about, corporate earnings growth. And that will depend in part on margins. Margins have reached cyclical highs due to the prolonged benefits of stimulus, which have allowed many firms to pass along higher costs and then some to customers. But that is changing. Positive operating leverage, where revenue growth exceeds expense growth, is flipping. We're seeing that anecdotally. Take Lululemon, which warned this week that it expects its gross margin to decline 90 to 110 basis points in its fiscal fourth quarter, compared to previous guidance of a 10 to 20 basis point increase. Now, keep in mind, Lulu's gross margin in the previous quarter was 55.9%, so this is not going to be all that material to the company's profitability. And, to that point, management did revise its EPS guidance, but only from 420 to 430 a share, to 422 to 427 a share. Lulu is not a debt issuer, but the stock market's reaction down 9% on the day of the announcement compared to an unchanged broader market move suggests that signs of weakness will be punished by markets. The market consensus is looking for operating margin, so not the gross margin we talked about in Lulu's case, but operating margin of 15.2% in Q4 for the S&P 500, down from a cyclical high of 16.3% in Q2 of last year. Clearly, for margins to fall back to the 14% area we saw throughout much of the post-GFC, pre-COVID period, we would have to see a more pronounced and prolonged downturn, something that few see at this point. As we spoke about last week, risk markets are becoming more discerning in credit's new paradigm. That means companies with strong business models and appropriate capital structures should do fine in an economic correction even if contraction spills over into recession territory for a period of time. But telling a good story around any margin contraction will be important. Apparently, Lulu did just that. Over the past three days, the stock has clawed back about half of its sell-off. All right, on to our third thing, a 1-2 ISM punch. A couple of weeks ago, we got the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing PMI Survey's monthly reading and it remained in contraction territory at 48.5, down a touch from the prior month's 49. Remember, anything below 50 is in the contraction zone. The forward-looking component, new orders, fell to a low 45.2, back the lowest reading since May of 2020. And you can remember how cloudy the future was at that point. The latest result intuitively makes sense. This is a reading on goods production, which has been turning down as expected in the post-COVID world, 
largely because we bought a lot of goods during the pandemic period because we could. We pay attention to ISM manufacturing also because it tends to correlate well with economic output and risk asset pricing. The ISM services PMI came out a week ago, capturing what we're all interested in at the moment, a read on the largest component of the economy that is super important to the inflation story, as Jay Powell has reminded us. As mentioned earlier, it came out last Friday, meaning that it was overshadowed by the jobs report. Well, it fell off a proverbial cliff. After 30 months of being above 50 in growth territory, the December reading came in at 49.6 versus the estimate of 55 and the prior month's reading of 56.5. The new orders component fell from 56 in November to 45.2. Ouch. This is the effect of all the worrisome things post-pandemic businesses are confronting. A more cautious consumer who feels the effects of high-profile layoff announcements, the effect of inflation, and falling savings. It also reflects the revenge spending phenomena is diminishing. The good news is that this should alleviate inflation pressure where Jay Powell has been most concerned, the services sector. Labor-intensive businesses where wage growth tends to be sticky. The bad news? It suggests we are headed toward recession and wider credit spreads. The last time both ISM surveys came in below 50 was May of 2020. Before that, it was during the GFC. When you look at a graph of the two ISM surveys versus credit spreads, there is a close correlation. Right now, spreads seem to be defying gravity as those two surveys head south. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, a soft landing. Not likely, but neither is a hard one. Two, corporate margins. Contracting, yes, but probably not all that meaningful to credit. And three, services demand. The latest data says it's falling. That's good for inflation, but probably not so good for spreads. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. See you next week. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's chief strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.